It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello. My name is Kevin Christie, and this is Weekend Bigots. As a journalist with more than 14 years' experience, I've decided that the time has come to examine the thorny issue of sectarianism in Scottish football. To gain a deeper understanding, I'm going to interview a variety of people who have been involved in the sharp end of the game in this country. There's nothing wrong with rivalry, we talk about rivalries. That's the best part of football, rivalry. Without rivalry, football's nothing. Later on, I was accused of being a bigot by the news of the world. Historically, Rangers signed, didn't sign Catholic players, and everyone just accepted it and got on with it. People just think, oh, it's a Rangers-Celtic thing, it's a West of Scotland. It ain't, it's all over Scotland. In the six-part documentary series, we'll look at the issue from the late 60s and early 70s right through to the present day. This week we're joined by two former footballers, ex-Rangers and Heart star Derek Ferguson and Hibs wing wizard Mickey Weir, who give us their thoughts on sectarianism in the Scottish game. Both Derek and Mickey are ambassadors for Show Racism the Red Card and do great work going into schools to talk to the kids about sectarianism and racism in football while getting them to consider the issues. Derek is well versed in the old firm and provides an insight into what it was like for a Rangers supporting football mad youngster to fulfil his dream in wearing the jersey and running out at Ibrox. You want to beat your biggest rival. Uh-huh. Me growing up a Rangers supporter, I was I love beating Celtic. Mickey, on the other hand, talked about his experiences growing up in Edinburgh, where sectarianism is perceived to be not as big a problem as it is in the West. But we'll hear Mickey's thoughts on that. A primary in a Fox cover and primary in Edinburgh where there was two gates there was a gate for the Catholics and a gate for the Broadsons and even my friends yeah. so right away you've got you're confused and I was confused because I'm thinking to myself well I, I, really, I know a lot of these boys so why are we getting split up he's also played for the notorious Millwall FC a club with a history of hooliganism tinged with more than a smattering of racism over the years so it's over to Derek and Mickey. So we'll kick off just about the show races on the red card. Mickey, tell us how you got involved in that. What was the thinking behind it? Well, the reason I got involved was it was uh, I'd actually been at uh, Millwall for a small spell and I had a, an experience where I, I listened I heard a lot of black players being racially abused at the game. Aye. Uh, so when I came back up the roads, I heard of this small campaign, show races on red card, and I'd always had my mind on trying to put something back into the game. Uh-huh. But it really disgusted me. It disgusted me with Derek will probably talk about a wee bit later on. Uh, when Mark Waters was at uh, Rangers back yeah, in the day, yeah. he had received a few racial slurs. 
much like we Kevin Harper at Hibs received yeah, it as well. Yeah. So actually Strode. Kevin Harper may go all the way through the middle. When I came up, I heard about this campaign and I, I got in contact with them and, and said, look, I'm not doing anything at the moment. I just want to keep myself busy and I think I could, I would enjoy doing that. So I got involved and that was me and I've been there ever since. And you, Derek, there's, you get a lot of enjoyment out of it, like helping the kids and... Oh, absolutely love yeah. it. You know, and the reason that probably me and Michael do it is because we've been there, we've made the mistakes and we're trying to get it across to the kids that the mistakes, if you make them in this day and age, there's consequences. The reason I get involved with it was, uh, was actually Jerry Britton. I'd been doing a little bit of work for Paul McStay. Yeah. We, we were going into, it was Paul McStay, there was Tosh McKinley, Robert Pritz, we were going into the schools in Glasgow doing, putting on football sessions and talking uh, about sectarianism. It was just about an hour, but you would stop it for a little bit. Not too heavy touch on that. I think Jerry had got wind of that. And uh, and I, I knew Jerry anyway, you know, at times, you know, you meet up with the Celtic boys maybe in, in the town, you know, yeah, yeah, going for a, a wee glass of, I was going to say orange, but it's something a little bit stronger than that. And most of the time, we're all pals, we all get on with each other and Jerry asked me to get on board initially, just to do uh-huh. a wee bit of coaching, which uh, I think me and Michael love. And as times went on, we've got involved in the educational side of that. So, uh, and it's something that I, I particularly enjoy. Ah, great. That, that's one thing I was going to come on to, the sectarian side of things, and especially with you lot talking to, you pair talking to the youngsters. You grew up, was it Lanarkshire? Um, no, I'm a Glasgow boy. Glasgow. Uh, right. It's actually, I was, I grew, I'm a scheme boy, so I'm from yeah. Berlanark, Shettles and Githamlock. Uh, ah. So people think, yeah, I moved out to Hamilton when I was about, what, 11, uh, 12. Yeah. Uh, there was a kind of an overspill. Uh, a lot of Glaswegians moved out of Hamilton ah. and in the Lanarkshire area. So no, I, I grew up in the East End. I'm a bothouse guy myself. What I was what I asked you is just that you go into schools, the learned behaviour around sectarianism, I mean, it's like the kids are getting taught this, taught how to think, specifically around Celtic and Rangers, you know, Bairns are innocent and then they maybe they learn that for, for peers, older people are telling them. Mm-hmm. Just when you were when you were growing up, were you aware of like differences between, say, Catholics, Protestants, Celtic Rangers, was that just something that was in, ingrained in you? Just talk a wee bit about that. Well, first and foremost, uh, my dad's obviously a Rangers supporter. Yeah. So, uh, you know, because of that, you know, that's how I followed Rangers. At the time I was growing up in Berlin, actually my mum and dad were out working a lot of the time to try and better ourselves to get out, to move to, Ham- to Hamilton. So I was, I spent a lot of time with my gran, my granny Fergie. And, uh, well, I picked up a lot of stuff my granny you're just touching on it you know where you get your influence sometimes it can be at home it can also be at football games and probably my first you know i'll give an example i come across a a rosette that was uh, lying about looked quite nice the big horse white horse and (laughs) so even you know where i'm going and i put it on it just because of the colors it looked cracking and uh i was about what age was about about seven or eight and uh in the scheme, I come across a, a bunch of boys and uh, basically, don't know how to put this, they just set about me because of that. And I didn't understand it at that time. Yeah. I just liked it because it was the colours of my team and didn't know the significance of yeah. it. So that was probably my first taste of sectarianism. That's a rude awakening, eh? Yeah. I mean, getting a doing. Mm-hmm. Where you were growing up, was it sort of, was there 
like Celtic and Rangers areas? Was that were you aware well, of that? In, in Balana in the yeah. street. Uh Balana Road, 110 Balana Road. I was the only Rangers supporter in my street. I hung about with a lot of the older boys, so they were all Celtic supporters, but they looked after me. You know, I think maybe it's because I was no bad at football. So I, I played in a street team. So I was kind of surrounded by it, you know, and knowing, but, but to me at that time, it was just about the football side of it. You know, the, the kind of heavier stuff came a little bit later on. Even probably when I moved out to Hampton, I, I realised, you know, the differences. And I think Mickey touches on it better than me because I went to Balanet Primary School. Uh, a lot of my, my, my pals, my friends in the street, they went to a school called St Jude's. And at, at lunchtime, we would fight each other. Yeah, we would meet yeah. up, and there was a, a kind of in in the scheme. There was a, a huge area with the surrounding houses. We all used to uh, throw stones and fight with each other, taunt each other. But then after school, we're all playing each other. We're all playing football. So yeah. it was like, it was like. I think Mickey's nodding his head. He he knows exactly where I'm coming from. So it's crazy, you know. But, but because we were going one way, they were going another way. There was that separation, that divide, and because of that. We fought with each other at lunchtime and at night we all go together. We're all pals playing football with each other. So for me, the thing that brought us together was the football. Yeah, and is that that's like how you got respect for your peers? Oh, you're a good player, and mm-hmm. yeah. you it, want to show that you're good in the street, and and you know that that get, was that. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. how I get probably kind of looked after with that because uh, right. I mean, at the age of seven, eight, nine, when I was playing, I was playing with guys that were 14, 15, 16. Uh-huh. Uh, and because I was no bad, they wanted me on their team. So Aye. they, I probably get protected. They looked after me, even though I was a Ranger supporter. Yeah. So it just shows you the football, you know, can bring people together. I know at times you look at it and it divides people, but in some strange way at times, and I'm giving you that example, it can bring people together. There's a, there, Mikhail, I'll ask you, because were you St Augie's, I St Augustine's, yeah. St Augustine's, yeah. yeah. And... Obviously, growing up in Edinburgh, you'd be a hip supporter, yeah? Yeah, my family were all hip supporters. Hip supporters. Yeah. Did you notice any... Um, I know it wasn't as prevalent with hips hearts, but I mean, I remember going to Easter Road myself in the late 70s and, and 80s, and there was a wee bit of that, you know, there was a there was a bit. There's always been rivalry between hips and hearts, but probably never more intense than the feeling between these two today. Both badly need the points for a very different reason. You, uh, but nothing like probably Derek's experiences. But were you, were you aware of a wee bit of sort of rivalry? Yeah, there was a bit of rivalry. And... There was it always seemed to be when it was a Hibs Hearts game. You know, the you would see these these sections of supporters with the Union Jacks, and then, then the Hibs supporters would have the yeah. you know the Irish flag up and that type of stuff. But, but like Derek says, mainly it was when I was young. It was the same thing in Edinburgh. See, we kind of take this as a it's a West Coast thing. You know? Yes, yeah, that's Whereas what I'm interested. It happened in when we were young as well. When Derek was talked about, I was at a primary in a Fox Covert and primary in Edinburgh, where there was two gates. There was a gate for the Catholics and a gate for the Broadsons. They were my friends. Yeah. So right away, you've got you're confused. I, mean, I was confused because I'm thinking to myself, well, I, I really, I know a lot of these boys. So why are we getting split up? So it was actually a Protestant and a Catholic. Now, I don't know if it's still like that today. I think it is, actually. But, I yeah. mean, but this, so so when you're brought up with that attitude and you're, you're getting told that as a young person, yeah. right away there's a division, you uh-huh. know, and it was. And I remember going to a number of Celtic games. Now, I was a hip supporter. But because I'd seen all these mm. people 
And my mates with Celtic tops on and all that type of stuff, I just thought, oh, I'm going to go along and watch them. I went along and watched them. And uh, my dad found out, and my dad went absolutely mad. And he said, you're a hub supporter. Why are you going to a Celtic game? But I was just, when you're young, you're yeah. impressionable. You think, mm -hmm. oh, I, I remember going into the jungle at, at Parkhead, the old jungle, and that with a couple of my friends. I still mix with them today. But I got away with it. I got away from it simply because of my father and my family and that. But it certainly happened the same in Edinburgh, you know, than it was in Glasgow. Obviously, not as big, but we're still there. And I think it was a lot of it was down to the schooling. You know, if you're going in as a young person, that division shot and you're thinking I can't mix and then we went to then we secondary St Augustine's and Foresters yes and eventually they had to put a fence up right next to each other yes so yeah. it was a running battles as Derek says every dinner time it was running battles and eventually they had to change the times where we went out and they went out but come dinner time at the dinner time I remember it used to run for your life at Broom House uh, Broom sorry yeah it was a wee Carrickno shops there was wee shops there. And you used to be running battles every afternoon. And you're just young, and you think this is the norm. That's what happened. But I think it, when you get into that habit as a young person, it's difficult to change that, you know? Yeah, that's like the learned behaviour. Do you think the, the, the separation with the schools is a problem there? Do you think oh, that's, that creates tremendous massive, division? Massive. I don't know what it's like. I know maybe, I don't know what it's like in the West, but even in Edinburgh, I don't know. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter where it is. It shouldn't yeah. be happening. Yeah. You know, if you're... It shouldn't matter. I was in a school the other day. Was it St Mary's in Leith, was it? Yeah. And we asked the teacher, because we seen, this is what we're talking about, stereotyping things we talk about. We were in St Mary's in Leith, and we thought right away, this is a Catholic school. Yeah. But when we asked the teacher, he went, no. There's no. only 20% of these Far pupils are Catholic. Uh -huh. Now, we're going in there thinking right away, you know, the children were doing it, giving their prayers and things like that. I'm thinking, well, you respect that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't bother. It doesn't Aye. worry me that. There's like a few. The, the, the school, there's more like, multicultural now. A, a campus, you know, yes. so, yeah. which I think, you know, there's not that separation. No. We're all going to the same place. Yep, mm -hmm. you've got uh, Catholic. I mean, we totally get that. Religious religion, sorry, is important to yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. but yeah. just to see them mixing. Uh -huh. And when I went down, this was down Tully Body. I'm trying to, it's, uh, it's escaped me just now, but when I walked in with Chris, one of the other educational workers, and I went, like, Look at that, that's brilliant. They're all just playing together. There, yeah. There's no difference. They're not getting a, 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 another entrance, you know, and that's the way it should be. Yes. You know, yeah. but we respect people's religion, and that's so that's why they'll, they'll have certain uh, times of the day when they'll, they'll have their prayers and that. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you talk to the kids about then in terms of sectarianism, you know, um, well, well, just emphasising the importance of uh, not well, discriminating? We, we, and we try to show them how, basically, how silly and daft it is. Aye. You know, aye. because we, we, our emphasis is on the why do you go to watch football? Why do you play it? Because, uh, I mean, it's the passion, it's the, the love, it's the rivalry. We get the rivalry, but the words that you tend to hear is the word enemy, you know, and we also talk about, so think about that and we always go, so is it about religion? Is it about politics? Absolutely not. It's about that. But, you know, what we, you've got and what we're finding out is there is an element there that people try to, and you just say that, you know, you were going to say, I didn't know that about Mickey, he was going to watch Celtic games. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... At a young age, you know, you can be influenced. And that's why we're in the schools try to get at them at a young age to show them the other side, that you don't need to go down that uh -huh. route. You know, but be passionate about your club. Have that rivalry. Yeah. Be, because, hey, it's, it's, it's normal. 
You want to beat your biggest rival. Uh-huh. Me growing up a Rangers supporter, oh, I always I love beating Celtic, you know, and vice versa. Uh-huh. You know, but as I've got older, you know, you come away from all that stuff. Uh, but the thing is, we are honest, we're open, we're up front, and we've made plenty of mistakes. Do you, looking back on your, your career now, and, and obviously the, the work you are doing in that, do you think, do you look back in the, the, the Rangers, specifically Rangers-Celtic kind of thing, and you're like, oh, that was mad. I think you played in that. Did you play in the game where Frank McAvenny uh-huh. gets sent off and there's like... would not arise. McAvenny went hustling into Woods. Woods reacted angrily. Then Butcher stepped in. And now the referee has a problem. Just tell us a wee bit about... So you signed for the team that you support. Did you feel that you were going into battle when you played against Celtic? And that must have been quite hard. And also, did you feel you had to live up to certain expectations that the fans would put on you as a fellow supporter, as one of them, you know? up against his old team, he's in direct opposition to his young brother, 20-year-old Barry Ferguson. Well, I was a Rangers supporter, and uh, I mean, you support the club and you're, you're fortunate enough to go and represent them and play for them, I think you get a wee bit extra out yourself. I grew up with a lot of pals that have certain views and things, would I just leave them and not talk to them again and no, if they are going to be singing certain songs? They're going to be saying a lot of stuff. I just quietly make my... Uh, because I've, I've, I've tried at times, you know. I you tried to, to challenge them. Aye, well, you know, and when you're yeah. close to somebody and, and because it's ingrained in them, I tend to... I know, I mean, I might be shot down in flames, might be shot down in flames with the guy sitting to my right, but I, I would just make a quick exit and just uh, go away. So, because it's, it's, it's so hard to change, it's a generation thing. And guys in my generation, it's, uh, you're going to change your mindset, Pfft, extremely difficult. And that's why we're kind of, we're targeting the younger generation. Yeah. So, uh, but in terms of singing songs, he's, even as a, a young Rangers player, we all went to the supporters clubs with a good night out and there were certain songs that were sung. But back in those days, they were just, well, to us, they were just Rangers songs. I think, take you back to yeah. when uh, Graham Souness, when we won the uh, the league championship, was up at Dundee United. I think it was on BBC. I think it was uh, good old Uncle yeah. Chick was interviewing yeah. them. Yeah. We were singing a song, uh-huh. you know, and in this day and age, that'd be a sectarian song. But it was, everybody was singing the songs and vice versa, same as at Celtic. They'd be uh, same with guys like, you know, you spoke to Paul McStay. McStay. Oh yes! Sheer brilliance from young Paul McStay. And young Paul McStay celebrates his Premier League debut with a call to remember. They'd be going to their functions and singing Peter songs. Grant. Peter uh, Grant, aye, great uh, guy, Peter Grant. I mean, I, I mean, he was one of my biggest rivals. But in yeah. the park, we loved to kick lumps at each other. As the Celtic legions queued up in their thousands to honour a man who's as big a fan as those in the stands. And what a reception they gave Grant as he walked out onto the Parkhead pitch. Yeah, but yeah. that's where you, sh- you use the word battle. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is like that because when you get onto the park, uh-huh. it's not just about showcasing your skills. Sometimes you've got to have other stuff. It, and if just, that means winning the battle before you go and play, and we use yeah. those words, you know, and that, it's sometimes we try to keep away from those words with yeah. the kids because you say battle, enemy. 
you know, it sounds... Oof. It must be hard to concentrate on your first touch and, and playing well and, and expressing yourself as a footballer, but you've got all this... You're the so, passion. You're so full of adrenaline. Of I mean. course, and then that's where you, you need to channel it. Aye, you know, so you've got to war, yeah. Uh, aye, and that's why you, you spoke about the Frank McAvenny. You know, Frank had just signed with Celtic, yeah. and within, what, 15, 20 minutes, he's, he's off the park, you know, because he got caught up in it. So I think it's been a, it's been a huge learning curve, not just for, for young people there, as, as adults still make mistakes. So we're all culpable to some extent. So, uh, but we carry on trying to kind of, not just educate the kids, we're st- probably still trying to educate for ourselves. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, we're still learning. Um, Every that, day is that, a learning that day. That was funny that's what you so said about going to see Celtic. I mean, I was a Hibs supporter, but Hibs were terrible when I was, like, young. <laughs> they got relegated and all that, and I loved Charlie Nicholas. Aye, so I would, aye. I thought I loved Charlie Nick, so I'd sneak in to watch... Uh, Your football support. You go and watch yeah. Celtic, yeah. guy, because you just like the team and that. And aye. we were, I mean, we were brought up, you were never going to like Rangers, you know? <laughs> we were kind of Irish Catholic backgrounds, mm-hmm. but we didn't give it, maybe didn't give it too much thought. But No, I never ever, that's one thing I, I would say, I was never ever had issues with that you know but yeah but it was my friends it was just my big pal big simon who'll probably listen to this yeah he was one of them that dragged me along big celtic man i I, I think it went with a couple of games but it just shows you you know i knew right away to be honest that it it wasn't sitting with me you know because i was it was him celtic and heart rangers they always try to make that connection and then when i was saying my dad changed me but it just shows you when derek's born right it's it's a generational thing when if you'd imagine when i was young you you loved your football but you knew you couldn't play for rangers yeah no so that was one team you say well i can't play for rangers my dad Mm. would just basically say you can't play for rangers so never ever wanted to play for rangers i always wanted to play with the hibs or you know a rainbow team or whatever it may be But didn't But to think that actually happened, you know, you could not play for Rangers. But, but I, to, I totally get that, you know, because you are brought up a certain way, mm-hmm. right? I, I get that, right? But what I remember as a twelve-year-old when I'd signed with Rangers, as Mickey was a, a kind of upbringing at times, a little bit different in terms of you never getting Toby Hibbs to you about, about sixteen. 16 yeah. But I had coaches, John Gregg, Tommy McLean. Yeah. Alec Miller, your yeah. manager at Hibs, uh, yeah. big time for Scythe. And what was drummed into me was the word that we use all the time, respect, respect for other people. So although you were a Rangers man, or in Mickey's case, a, a Hibs man, yeah. you still had respect for those clubs, had total respect for Celtic, total respect for the Hibs, Hearts, uh-huh. whatever it was. That was drummed into me. Same when Jock Wallace became managed because Greggy was my first manager yeah uh, then it was Jock Wallace and that was drummed into us right away that's the thing that me and Derek always talk about is we can't we, we don't really get it because we were in our changing room yeah you know, we've been in loads of changing rooms yes and honestly it just doesn't happen like that it doesn't happen about you know the Catholics against the Protestants we're right up for a game a game of football was a game of football yeah and Derek, she's always yeah. talked about most of his friends were Celtic players. Yes, you know. Uh-huh. Now I looked at the Hibs Hearts derby, the big derby, you know, yeah. big rivalry. But now, what some some of the guys I played against when I went in the football field, 
I wanted to beat Hearts. We were just brought up with that rivalry. Mm. There's nothing wrong with rivalry. We talk about rivalries. That's the best part of football, rivalry. Without rivalry, the football's nothing. You know, but it's how you deal with it. But if you look at it now, some of the, the boys that I keep in touch with most are all Hearts, ex-Hearts players I played against. Yes. It's just, it's, when you get old, you start to realise, but in the changing room itself, me and Derek always talk about it, it just never happened. Well, it's hard enough to play football, isn't yeah, it? Is it? Just you had respect for people. <coughs> and we had, back in those days, it was lucky. We were lucky because we had good good professionals can, at the club. You know, can you see how you. he smiles? Because when, yeah. when you beat your biggest rival, there is no better feeling uh-huh. than it. You know, I've, had, I've had three kids and uh-huh. I'm married. Still doesn't beat that. Beating no, your biggest I rival. <laughs> I don't know, you might get yourself you get into trouble. trouble I get myself into trouble all the time. But honestly, I absolutely loved that. And that adre- you spoke about adrenaline, yes, Kevin. Yes, yes. That lasted for me oh. when I was playing. Oh, oh. wasn't it like a couple of hours? It was days people always before I get you, home. People always <laughs> ask you that. And, and nothing nothing prepares you for it. Uh-huh. Going in to play your first Edinburgh mm-hmm. Derby or your first Old mm-hmm. Firm. My first Edinburgh Derby, I can't even remember a thing about it because it passed Just that quick, back. you know, but... But these are the part of things that we don't want youngsters, they want to enjoy the rivalry, football, whatever uh-huh. it may be. But when it comes to religion and nationality yeah. and these type of things, that's an absolute nonsense, you know? Can we can we go back? Because uh, there's something you said that's very interesting and it, it kind of gets to the heart of all this. You'd be aware, Derek, that Catholics didn't they play for Rangers. They didn't. They, they I was didn't there when sign. Morris signed, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time... That, I wouldn't possibly an excuse, but what you touched on, Mickey, was they wouldn't want to play for Rangers. You know, you weren't brought up. Foreign players is different. And then obviously they broke the mould when Morris Johnston signed in 89. How much of a change, how much of a sea change was that? Did that change everything? I mean, well, I can remember when it happened. Uh, obviously, Graham, Graham Soonis was the manager, you know, and things did change because initially there was an uproar. A lot of Rangers uh, support season tickets. And, well, they uh, say they weren't going to come back. You know, I, I will be honest. When we did play initially, first two or three games with Morris on the side, uh, we are certain missed Marcoist up top. The, the the ground was about I don't know about a third half full. But when Coisty and Morris started banging in the goals slowly but surely, the fans started to come back, and that just showed you that. Football at the end of the day yeah. is what matters, yeah. you know, and all the Rangers support, they want to see a winning side, winning things, which that's, that's the be all and end all for Rangers. And you look at it today, you know, you've got Defoe, who's a black English Catholic yeah. playing with Rangers who they absolutely adore I know, as well. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you go back to my, when Urbari was playing, you had yeah. Lorenzo Amoruso, who went on to be <laughs> a, an Italian Catholic yeah. captain of Rangers. So can you see that? So the, it'll be so hard to kind of shrug that stuff off because there will be an element there. But at the end of the day for me, because I've, I've uh, went and played in so many, we call them Legends games, but they're all Crocs games. And like, Lorenzo, he's absolutely loved by the, the Rangers support. And at the end of the day, I look at that and I go, it just shows you that's what wins at the end of the day. It's the football, it's the player, it's the character of the guy. doesn't matter what walk of life they come from, what religion they belong to. It's about the football. So what, do, you, do you think the problem's still the problem's still there and, and it needs to be addressed? Do you think the, the, the powers that be SFA? I, I must admit, Derek might know better than me because... I, Obviously, through the West Coast, two big, massive clubs, huge clubs. Uh, I think it's a lot better. Personally, I think it's a lot better than when I was younger, definitely, 100%. Simply because... But you've got to remember, 
uh, Graham Sooners doesn't get half the credit he deserves for what he did for Rangers Football Club, in my opinion, and for Scottish yeah. football. Yeah. All right. When we played against them, he was a winner. Derek played. He was a winner. <laughs> I remember was, the first game, uh, Mickey. Uh, aye, it was, a, was, was it the first game. Oh, was everybody was were a, you playing George McCluskey? I was on the bench Tackle. because Graham Soonis was in the midfield. I even remember it was Bobby Russell, Ted McMahon, and Gerani. Um, it was uh, McCoy and West up top, and I think the Hibs certain players. There was Kirkwood. There was Beedy. Mickey was playing. I was uh, watching. I, I can remember it. Irvin was playing wide. I think they were trying to upset a certain Mr. Sears. Yeah. He was having none of it yeah. as he set about that Hibs team. <laughs> Although we, 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 we lost that game. Oh, that, five years that, he tried oh, to say. was it. It's one of the best Hibs games I've ever seen. I got on later on in the game. But, uh, oh, Graham Sooners. It was all in the first half. It was all like five minutes. But the thing being, it was a sort of build up to Derek. He had obviously come up, which a lot of, and I've always said that you get a lot of players who come from South. They come up here and they think this is a, this has got to be a stroll in the park, oh. you know. But little did they know that they didn't. They don't understand Scottish people because Scottish people we mainly be the best at this and the best at that. But if you get our danders up a wee bit, then you're going to suffer, you know. And, uh-huh. and he wrote a few things, articles in the paper and things like that. And so we just target them, basically two or three of them. Say right, let's make sure that he he's in for a day here. See how he handles it. And he cracked. He completely cracked. Uh, you think but, so? Oh, definitely. Uh, he just, he just. See, I've got a different take. Now. Uh, he's got, he's he got, got a red though, didn't he? Oh, he got a red on uh, George McCluskey. Shock, aye, but but then there was, uh, I think it was collectively they were. See, that's brilliant because we're talking about football now. Because I think a few of them all had <laughs> had a go at him, but uh, Sunis was unbelievable oh, that day. And, and that was, I was in awe just watching him. But then, because <laughs> you cool. used the word battle earlier, because I remember that was kind of. I think Graham knew that that was coming. And he was ready for it, maybe a little bit too ready. Mm-hmm. But by God, could he oh, handle himself? Oh, that's he was, uh, he kicked off off the But part. in terms of, <laughs> as a man, you know, I've got so yeah. much respect oh, for him. You know, class. just simply because, not because of the football, but what actually what he had brought to Rangers mm. Football Club. Yeah. He wasn't interested in He wasn't having it, was he? He wasn't no, having no, what not. your religion was, your nationality, mm. or whatever it that may be. That was massive. He mm. just wanted, but people don't realise how big Could that you? was. You know, yeah. that But it had to be somebody like Graham Sunnis, who was an absolute icon of the yeah. game. You know, and we talk about having world-class players. He was a world-class player, so... It had to be somebody like Graham to come uh-huh. to the club to change uh, the mindset. Not just of the supporters, but the board at that time. So that's why it was so important. So I'm interested in the sort of, you know, you get the guys that are like the weekend bigots and you're talking about a couple of your pals and I've got pals as well and it's never the full picture of what they're like as people. You know, it's it's annoying. It's like it's like a, a weakness and something that you ignore. Kevin, me touch on that about this. But it's never what getting into like. games and, and thinking it's okay for the ninety minutes you can go in and shout, uh, sing songs and abuse people for ninety minutes. Then after that, we'll just go out, leave the, the the game and everything's going to be hunky dory and it's not the case. But I, I hate that. I don't think that should be the case that they can go in and shout and sing and even just abuse people Yeah. It, because to me then it becomes like a place to vent your, your hate your anger Yeah. that shouldn't be what football's about no. it should be somewhere where you can go with your family yeah. and you can enjoy it. I you want to see your team win does that happen all the time? no uh, it's not banter, but, is it? No, but no. so we've got to get across that. We've got to kind of get that idea that you go there, you paid your money, you can say and shout what you want, you can abuse people. And obviously we touch on the sectarian 
Nism of singing the songs and shouting stuff, but just in general, just abusing people. Come on, get a life. Do you think we need to stop joking about it? I mean, you, you remember the old Ricky Fulton thing where, yeah. oh, you say I had mass in the second half and all that. That's I, I, I know, I know, and I we mean, can that, we can look yeah. back and sometimes see this is a difficult it's one. Quite with sad the, though, aye, as well. Aye, right? this is the, the difficult one, and it is, is with the, the kind of banter because there is people that will want to make jokes about it and all that. But I think of your. Uh, if you kind of get a little bit about you, you kind of realise that you can't be going and, and shouting certain stuff because at least this is we all to, always talk about. People get hurt. Yeah, that's that's the, the it's life and death sometimes old firm, isn't it? Right. And, and that's where it spills out onto the the streets, right. and that's where we're so we're, what we're trying to say is no, you just can't go into the ground. You can't shout and sing what you want because it does have an effect in what happens outside and the ground. Another thing I think if you look at it now. But in our day, is the mental health situation. Now, yeah. nobody can tell me that football players who receive this abuse every week, Derek, aren't suffering <laughs> from mental health problems because yeah. of a lot of this stuff. Aye, now, that's interesting, I, I, I remember being in, going to High Brox and got part, wherever it may be, Tyne Castle, wherever it may be. But is it, you get, you can, you either just brush it aside and go on with it. I was quite a it didn't really get to me, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I just wanted to go out and play football and win football matches. But I also seen players what it did affect, you know, in their whole game, we'd go to pieces. And I think Derek played with players like that. I played with a few players yeah. who could not take the abuse that was getting thrown at them. And this is from their own supporters as well, as, as the away supporters. But yeah. I think it's great now that people are starting to realise that it does affect certain people, certain players... Not even not just in football, other other sports, but I think a huge part of that is your Facebook and your Twitter and all the stuff that's out there now. They're, they're starting to read these things, and people when you start to read it, I remember doing it as a player, and Derek's probably done it as well. When you led, when you used to read something, and it was critic, if it was criticism, you used to shut it right away. You go, oh, I can't read that. <laughs> right, yeah. No, can't read that. But see if you were you were winning, yeah. oh, you'd open it up and It'd look at it and go great. And this is the difference. Did that no spur you on? No, I never. To be fair, I was. Have you looked at it? You you know, because so I, wasn't one, I wasn't the one for the. I was a wee bit like that, but sometimes would be certain family members would go, "You only get a six. <laughs> aye, aye. So, aye. so and you go, "All oh, right, is that okay? Right, I'll try and get a seven next week or an eight. But you know, abuse, so that used to spur me on. Aye, but criticism can work in different ways. Some right. people can take it, but the thing that worries me, Kevin, is some people think they can take the criticism. Yeah. And slowly but surely, it eats away at them, mm. and it eats away at them, and suddenly this is when. This mental health problem starts up. Whereas I was always taught, if you don't, if you don't like it, don't read it. Simple as that. Don't read it. But it's difficult. It is difficult. But Derek's right. I remember going home one specific time and uh, sitting down and we'd done all right. And I owned up. It's a Sunday Mail, and it was like <laughs> that know, was a big thing. It was a Sunday Mail, right? and uh, I never thought well. And I, quite honestly, I never used to read a lot of papers. I wasn't like that. I didn't. I wasn't one for papers. Right? Anyway, but I opened it up, and I thought. Oh, got an eight today. <laughs> I, I don't know. I still done all right. Mm. And my dad came in and says, "Oh, you were terrible yesterday." And I looked at him. I thought the paper said I did all right, but he knew me. Yeah, no, he knew yeah, me. And he yeah. said, "You were terrible yesterday." That's funny what you've just said because sometimes my my dad would kind of flip it, and because maybe if you didn't get a good mark, <laughs> my dad would always go, "That's uh, just one guy's opinion." Uh, 
That's right, yeah. Just prove yeah, it. So don't worry about that. But it's difficult. People so, can take it different ways. I aye. thought he was doing all right. But he knew that you could do better. So no, this I is know, where the I criticism, you know. Oh, about the fatherly approval. You don't approval. mark. <laughs> do you mark uh, Mickey up? <laughs> your job, have you ever done that? I tell you what, see, when I used to play against this young man, I used to go to the other side of the park. He was too quick and tricky for me. Yeah. So I used to try and keep away from him, try to be cute and clever about it. But maybe that's yeah. a problem we've got, Kevin. We always bring it back to football, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's like a great thing that are doing When we go into a class, just, yeah. we always say this is like a change room and all different types ah. of guys in it. And, and, you, and you bring the football comes into it right away. You know, educational workers. No. Well, what we do is we give life, try to give life experience for younger ones to say, mm. you know something? Mm. It doesn't really matter. You go and play football, you go play football. Don't worry about, you shouldn't be worried about a person's colour, his skin, or his religion, nationality, whatever it may yeah. be. It shouldn't really matter. It's what you've got in your locker, what you like in the, mm-hmm. yep. the streets. Absolutely. And yeah. I, always, I always bring up, I mean, I had three uh, good years through here in Edinburgh. That's what I was going to ask you I've about. I've always Mercer brought us yeah. through, you know, because obviously I had the, the fallout with, uh, when I say fallout, you know, I made, I made a few mistakes, obviously, at Rangers, you know, just still a young man, but uh, I love my time with Hearts. And I'd, do you know, that's when I got into that dressing room. Then I realised, because I always thought, oh, it's just about the Rangers Celtic. It's, but then I got it right away, how much it meant to the Hearts boys. Oh, big time. You know, did you notice Gary a difference? Had that gone, it wasn't so much about, did you notice any sort of, was there any sort of religious, um, well, off the well, the same songs. When you yeah, go out yeah. the, onto the, the, the field, uh, yeah, I, I need to be honest about that. Yep, yeah, the, the, the same shouts. Maybe knowing the same numbers, but it, it was still there. I've got to be honest about that. But so, what are you getting orange B and all that, fella? Oh, opposing fans, all your, well, all your listen, career. I, Kevin, I can tell you, Mickey. you know, and I know I, I played with your your dad's side uh-huh. for a, a short period of time, yeah. and even when I was an Alloa player, uh-huh. I was getting called that uh-huh. down at Stranraer up north, Ross County. You're playing all over. So, I, Mickey spoke about it. People just think, oh. It's a Rangers Celtic thing, it's a West of Scotland. It ain't, it's all over Scotland. And sometimes yeah. it's in these places, little villages uh-huh. as well, which, yeah. which I think we should be targeting. It shows racism, a red card, but it's really difficult for us because we're a small team and we're always trying to source funding to go out and go into the schools where we're campaigning. And this is where M- Mickey's took on a new role. It shows racism, a red card, but he's doing a lot of hard work. Uh, away from the schools, try to source that funding. So that it's hard for us because I'm part time, Mickey's part time, uh, one of our other educational workers, Chris is part time, mm-hmm. and we're trying to deliver all over Scotland. You know, we want to do it. We want to do it far more often to get the message across. But we need that funding. So what? What do you? What? What would you like to see happen, guys? How? Do you see a day where we stop singing all these songs and you, there's an old firm game and there's there's no concentrating on. We don't love to see that. But the thing being is, it's, it's about education. You know, me and Derek yeah. have been this a long time, and I remember going into my first class in Edinburgh, you know, and it's daunting. Daunting. I've played in front of 50,000 people, and I've never been as scared as what I was looking in front of 20 kids yeah. in a primary school and having to get up there and tell them about racism, you know, and sectarianism and trying to explain it to them. It's daunting. But all we can try and do is, and it's education, it needs to be done from the bottom up the way, you know? Yes. Because unfortunately, as Derek touched on, there's a generation that we're not going to change. It's unfortunate we're not going to change them. 
But the young ones at the bottom end, they're the ones we ed- you've got to educate. And we've, we've done this for a wee while, and I've seen a massive difference. And I always remember, Derek, remember we went to a college in Perth one day, and a girl came up t- to me and said, Hello, Michael, what are you doing? And I'm looking at her and thinking, I had no clue who she was. And she's speaking to me, she goes, you came to my primary school. She was now a student, but she remembered that day that we actually yeah. done our school and it always stuck with me it always sticks to me that it does work yeah. she had travelled to come to this college for us we were doing a ch- it was Stephen that was right. with me that day Stephen Bell was with me oh, that right. day and we were chatting we had just a, a chat with students but there were three or four there that had actually been at a primary school now that told me right away that this works and you, but you've got to do it at the bottom end and we do need I think we need role, we need role models Kevin it's pe- people like uh, Derek yeah. who's suffered it seen it Mm-hmm. And he does a he does a one he does a fantastic and I just wish people could see it. He done he done a workshop for me the other day there, and I, I've seen it that many times and it still touches home. So prevalent, it's, it's so good to watch. And I thought, see if you put that up on YouTube or whatever yeah. it may be, I think you would get so many people would grab it because they understand it. But that role model with Derek and people who have actually done it, uh-huh. who've seen it and been involved in it, is so powerful. I think it's okay educational workers going in, but we're no educational workers, but see to get somebody that's it's actually been through it yes. and to sit there and speak about it. And some of the stories that comes out was just unbelievable. But that's what grabs, I believe, that's what grabs the children and that's Brilliant. what grabs them. Yeah. And Kevin, it's got to stop because the songs that, that they're singing and the shouting, it's against the law. That's it. Absolutely. Bottom line. They're getting so, hammered in Europe as well. If it's shouting, well, you just touched on it, and Rangers have already had a punishment. If you're shouting that stuff in the street, singing that stuff, you'll get arrested, and it shouldn't be any different in a football ground. So yeah. that's why it will get better, and we all hope one day we're not going to hear it. But I think it will come because, again, it. We always talk about the consequences, you know, and we put it in other ways because we always go at the kids. You want to go on holiday? Would you love to go to Florida? And they're, of course, they're going, oh, yes, yes. And well, have you had a criminal record? That wouldn't happen. Oh, because aye, you would. Aye. So we try and use wee things, you know, just, yeah. to, just to grab their attention as well. We, we, we say to them, you know, what age can you get into trouble with the police if you use certain language? And initially they're going, oh, 16, 18. And it's not eight years old. Yeah. That's when well, the government have decided that you know the difference between right and wrong. So at a young, young age, and that's why we're trying to target the young guys. And that's why we try to use the football and we get that not everybody's into football, but most of the time when you get into these classes or wherever we go, workplaces, you know, that's that's the one that grabs people and sure. then we can get our message across. And sure is in my car, Kevin, it's the one problem we have got, as Derek just spoke about, was they think because we've got a good name, you know, everybody knows the campaign. We do a lot of work out there, but they don't realise that it's the struggle to keep this going every year. Yeah, so... The struggle is hard every year to get the money to go into schools. Me and Derek would love to be out there every single day, every single night. There's football... Oh, the grassroots oh, stuff. It sounds like he's doing a fantastic See, job. We do so a lot of stuff, but then saying that... We you should touch on the grassroots stuff. The grassroots stuff is massive. It's right. really, we go to football clubs, you know, Aye. and we give them a workshop mm. about racism and then we do a football session after that and we'll have a chat. But these, these we could do that and people are always saying to us, OK, come here, can we come? We would love to do them all. Aye. But without... We've done money. a couple, sorry, sorry. Hutchie Vale and Time Castle Boys Club. Yeah. Brilliant. And so a lot of these boys are going to go on and be pros. 
Mm-hmm. And, and at the end yeah. of the day, Kevin, we yeah. want to keep them safe. Uh-huh. That's why we're there we, because we are again touch on it again. We're honest and upfront. We've made the mistakes. Those guys that we're working yeah. with, they can't afford to make those mistakes because whether you're at a boys' club playing football or in an academy, yeah. you bout in your ear. Uh-huh. So that's is we're trying to keep them safe and yeah. give them that opportunity. They go and enjoy their football yeah. at whatever level they play it. That's magic, guys. Uh, thank you very much for taking part. Oh, thank you for having really, us. Really like, interesting and the good stuff that you've taught us there. So thanks a lot. Pleasure. Magic. Next week, I will be joined by former Grade 1 referee Stuart Dougal, who will talk about what it's like to be deemed the Mason in the Black. And the supervisor, uh, referee supervisor, actually spoke to me before the game. You never knew who your supervisor was, but um, things, things were changing and he, he pulled me aside. And he said, look, don't go looking for yellow cards. They'll come looking for you. You can download Weekend Bigots wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the NTL app for iOS and Android. If you like what you heard, please rate and review Weekend Bigots and help other listeners discover us too. This is a Laudable production for The Scotsman. You can find out more about Laudable and its other local podcasts by following us on social media. On Twitter, where we are at Laudable Pods, and Instagram, by searching for Laudable underscore podcasts.